Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you live today from the great studio of Quandle, the great Quandle studio. As always, I, I thoroughly enjoy my Wednesday afternoons in the Quandle studio, just uh, interviewing uh, various guests on uh, various industry topics. That's half the fun. The other half of the fun is getting to hang with my buddy, Chris Martin, the other co-host of the Building PA podcast. Chris, what's going on today? I, I like that you referred to me as your buddy. I like that. That's kind of cool. That's good. I like it. That That is a high honor because, you know, I'm hanging out with John O'Brien every Wednesday, too. So I like it. Welcome, everybody. This is Chris Martin, and uh, I am uh, president of Atlas Marketing. And uh, you can find more about us at atlasstories.com. And I, like John, am coming to you from the Stalwart Insurance Group studio in uh, Sewickley. And Stalwart is a... Uh, insurance company that focuses on helping people reduce their costs. So check them out when you get a chance. And John, what else are we going to talk about today besides our great studio sponsors? I figured we'd just spend the next hour just talking about studios and, and different sponsors. <laughs> or, or how's this? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or we can actually have a guest come on. How's that sound? I think we that's are, much better. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, we love the, the Stallworth and the Quando Studios, but uh, but we're really excited about today's guest. We have uh, yes, Seth sir. Abraham. Seth is with us today. He's with Cal Calcruth Roofing. I might be saying that wrong. I I've been known to butcher a name here and there. So, uh, but Seth heads up their HR department in sa and uh, safety, I believe. So, uh, Seth, welcome to the show. It's a great honor to have you on today. Thank you, John and Chris. I'm not going to be much help on talking studios, so if that's what you require of me, I, I may need to bow out of this one. It's going to be a short episode, I guess. <laughs> now, we, we want to pick your brain when it comes to, uh, you know, HR and safety and the marrying of the two departments, you know, but before we jump into that venture, uh, if you don't mind, could you take a minute or two and just kind of introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so my name is Seth Abraham. I'm director of HR and safety for Calcruth Roofing and Sheet Metal, based out of Wheeling, West Virginia. It's where we're headquartered. Uh, have offices in Frederick, Pittsburgh, uh, Frederick, Maryland, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Columbus, Ohio, and Lexington, Kentucky. Um, those are our divisional locations. We do work as far west as St. Louis and currently as far south as um, Waynesboro, Georgia. To expound on that, my role here within Calcruth um, is a unique one in the fact that it's both HR and safety. And when we say HR um, in the Calcruth world, most of my day-to-day -day on the HR side involves labor. So it's more of a labor support role um, versus the day-to-day -day HR administration and compliance things. I've got a great group, a great team that helped me with that. So I sort of oversee those pieces um, from an HR standpoint, but my primary focus is labor. Uh, we are 100% union in every single thing that we do. So that obviously presents some challenges at times. Um, and then obviously the safety side uh, as well. 
and again, I have a great team underneath me that sort of focuses on the blocking and tackling. And, you know, if you want, we can delve into, you know, how those rules or how those roles are, you know, how there's some synergy between those two roles. Yeah, I think sure. that's, yeah, I think that's a great way. Uh, I mean, hell, John, we don't even have to be here. Seth can run the show. I love it. <laughs> yeah, let me, let, me, let me put my feet on my desk, pour another cup of tea, and I'll be good to go. Fire away, there you go, man. Fire away, man. <laughs> All right. Well, so it's funny. So I, I, I do have a um, an HR slash labor background. Um, I received my master's degree in industrial labor, labor relations from West Virginia University. And early in my career, I was heavily HR focused. And that, you know, surrounds HR administration, um, benefits, recruiting, so on and so forth. And so when I joined Calcruth about six years ago, I came on primarily as HR slash labor support. Uh, they hadn't really had a, a true individual dedicated to labor, and they're 100% union, and they were continuing to grow and grow and grow. And this was coming out of 2015, which was huge growth years for Calcruth itself. I mean, there was 20% growth each subsequent year up until probably 2020, where we had obviously some slowdowns with current events. Um, and so, you know, as my career, uh, moved forward here with Calcruth, there was a lot of interplay and overlap between what I was doing on the labor side and what we were doing from a safety perspective. And a lot of that is, you know, and our focus here at Calcruth is how do we, how do we get everyone to, to get into that, that zero tolerance, right? We need zero injury, zero incident in terms of safety. And uh, there was a lot of overlap in terms of disciplinary issues. And how do we establish a culture that would promote um, sort of that zero incident? Um, and so that's really where it came up. You know, I, the role actually came together when we were sitting in a meeting with um, some representatives from Ford in Louisville, Kentucky. And, you know, our president at the time, John Calcruth, was there. And he, you know, it's funny, he pointed to me and said, well, this is our director of safety. I had been doing some safety things, but I wasn't officially anointed as that safety person. So sort of took over those reins and uh, maybe 2017 uh, was moved into the director of HR and safety role. And um, from there, we've just focused on building relationships more than anything else. Um, and that's really what I do on the labor side as well. So it's the same thing, only my content and my focus may be a little bit different. Again, I have great team members that help, help me on both sides, especially the safety side. Um, by trade, I'm not a safety individual. You know, I, I don't, I don't do all the blocking and tackling. I, I know enough to be dangerous, but if we're going to get specific into different types of anchors and, and clips and, um, horizontal lifelines, that's not me. I'm not that person. So I rely heavily on some of these, um, more tenured safety professionals. My real focus is from the culture side. How do I get our folks to buy in? What strategies are we going to be put in place to train people? I mean, you know, everybody knows if there's a an OSHA inspection, what's the first thing the OSHA inspector usually asks? Hey, let me see those training records. That's HR. That's labor. I mean, it, it's all the same, right? So you can see the correlation, and that's just one arena. Um, the other is, is, as I already alluded to, the cultural development. You know, I mean, organizational development is usually housed in, in on the HR side of the house. Well, we need to establish a culture from a safety perspective, too. Um, the other thing which is probably the biggest in my eyes is leadership development and leadership as a whole. One of the, the driving forces behind bad safety is lack of leadership. 
And we didn't really have that here at Calcris. We had safety professionals, but they acted more um, in maybe a, a traffic cop type mentality versus a leader. They, they weren't there to build relationships. They were conducting inspections. You know, if someone needed a suspension because they weren't following proper uh, fall protection protocols, that's what they did. You know, people didn't respect that. They didn't like that. So now we've, we've morphed that culture into those guys are out in the, in the field creating relationships, helping them, you know, hey, what do you need in terms of fall protection? What do you need in terms of PPE? How can we help you solve those problems? Um, you know, we put a lot of uh, responsibility on our foreman in terms of safety and quality and, and labor. And, you know, those guys need supported. And that's what our safety folks are designed to do today. They're designed to support production. And that's really my, my main role in, in both capacities is how do I support production? Um, I do it from a labor capacity. If our production needs additional manpower, I'm on the phone with a BA or a business manager talking to them about how they can support that. If we need people trained um, specifically, if we need OSHA 30 or a competent person training, I'm on the phone trying to do that. Um, if our um, project managers need a special qualification in terms of safety, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working with our safety folks to do that as well. So you know, I think I've explained the correlation enough. I mean, it's a unique position. You don't find that everywhere. Um, I love it personally because, you know, there's never the same day twice. Never, ever. It's, you know, sometimes <laughs> I lean more heavy on the labor side. Sometimes I lean more heavy on the safety side. Um, and there are times where I have to be the bad guy in both situations, right? Um, from a labor side, if I need to call someone in who has violated our fall protection policy, it's a tough conversation. You know, if the retraining has already taken place and people just don't want to get on board, it, it's time for them to go because they're just not going to help us. And it just creates too much risk. Um, and that's really, I mean, what I would say my ultimate role is, you know, I've talked about labor. I've talked about safety. I've talked about HR, but I'm a risk manager. That's all there is. I manage risk. I mitigate risk so that we can, one, get people home safely. That's first and foremost. And two, um, we can provide a quality product that our customers are going to want, uh, you know, if we, pre if we present too much risk and, you know, they evaluate that through the DART rate and the TRIR and the EMR and all those things. But if we present too much risk, guess what? Those are opportunities aren't coming that this way. And that's what I sell to our field every single day. Uh, I'm a sports guy. Um, and so I always use the analogy with our, our, our safety, our field folks is okay. And I, I go over the, our safety statistics every single winter. And I say, guys, who is the number one draft pick in the NFL every single year? You know, guys, him on, well, hey, the quarterback, the quarterback. Well, of course it is, right? I said, well, why is the quarterback drafted number one every year? Well, because, you know, he, he, he's good. I said, well, ah. I said, he gets chosen basically because of his statistics, right? If he throws for 50 touchdowns and zero interceptions and he's a Heisman winner, that's why he's getting picked number one. So correlate that to the safety terms, right? If my statistics, my EMR, my DART, my TRIR are really good and they're number one, guess what? I'm getting picked first. I promise you we're getting picked first. That creates opportunity for me, then in turns create hours for you, which then creates opportunity for you to provide for your family. So I try to tie everything back to what really matters to people. And that's what guys care about is making money, getting to the job, getting home safe. And if they can understand, I, I think I... I try to get down on some people's level at sometimes. And I think if you can, you know, communicate it and to a degree where they might understand a little bit better, uh, the message gets received much better. So 
And some of them, I'm sure, are just sleeping during that meeting anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Seth, I got to hand it to you because I, I I really liked what you said there about the support. For, your your job is to support production, uh, and and all of the conversations I've ever had with either an HR person or a safety person, I've never heard it termed that way, and I, I, that is a great great way to look at what you are trying to do, not only at Calcrith, but in the industry. And I know you're, you're a big industry leader as well. Um, so I, I like that. And, and more importantly, I mean, I'll be honest, I really love the, you know, that, that analogy with the first round pick. You know, that, that's a great story that people can get their heads around. And, and I have a feeling that we're going to probably use that as a nice soundbite when, uh, when we go through this. But you, know, you, you mentioned you started in, about tw- in 2015. It Calcrest. Yep. Did, did I hear that number correct? So, so what are some of the some of the the changes or the the challenges that you've seen since since that time to get to where you are now? Are we talking industry specific? Or are we talking Calcrest specific? Let's go industry specific. Um, some of the challenges there. So, you know, I guess I have to jump a little bit more into my past. Um, and the fact that I came from a financial world before. And so if you know anything about the financial world, it's heavily regulated, right? I mean, you, you can't sneeze without, you know, someone looking at you or you being able to, to document as to why you had that sneeze. And so uh, the construction industry, and I don't say this in a bad way, but I'm sure you'll both understand it's, it's, it's a bit of the wild, wild west at times, relatively speaking to the, the, the heavily regulated financial world, right? I mean, you have regulators that come in every single year. They're monitoring what you're doing. They're looking at your records. They're making sure you're doing everything to their standards. Or guess what? They're taking that bank charter or putting, you know, some kind of um, sanction is in place. Construction is not like that. I mean, depending on who your customer is, you know, if you're working as a federal contractor, that's much different. There are some things that you need to follow. But if you've got a private job going on, you really just do whatever it is you need to do. I mean, you're obviously subject to various laws, OSHA standards, those things. Um, so the biggest challenge was getting us in a place where it was, I don't want to say regulated, but a place where we had protocols, a place where we had policies. So it made it easier for everyone to manage. You know, before I got here, and, and we're still working on these things on a daily basis, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of process and procedure in place. You know, people did what they needed to do to ultimately make money um, and get the job done. And that's not always the, the best way. I mean, you know, you know, we got to we got to do things the right way. First and foremost, we got to make sure that it's done within regulation or within the law, uh, which is where the risk piece comes in. And we got to make sure that we're treating people fairly on top of all that. And so we just didn't have those policies uh, and protocols in place. So I've been working really hard to get some of that stuff done. Um, the other thing, and I touched on this earlier, is just building relationships. I mean, it's, how, it's all it is. You know, I talk to people all the time and my background is in people. And um, I would say that I, I relate to people well. I mean, you know, in my past, I've had the opportunity to, to, be, to deal with a number of different demographics, uh, socioeconomic status. I've just had that opportunity. So for me, it's developing the relationships. And, and the purpose behind that is if you can develop a relationship with someone, they're always more apt to listen to you. They're, they're more apt to respect you. And, and if you can have them listen and understand, that just makes the, the salesmanship on my part so much easier. Hey, guys, we got to get tied off. 
I don't want to have to say I'm selling that concept, but I have to sell that concept, especially to some folks that don't believe it or have just never had to do it because they've been in this industry for 30 plus years. So it is a sales job. But if you have that relationship, it's a lot easier. I mean, Chris, you're a marketing guy, but you're also in the sales business, right? You know what those relationships do. You know what they bring. And sometimes it takes a long time to, to cultivate that relationship. But when you finally have it and there's that mutual respect, um, it's so much easier to sell your product. So, amen. Okay. Amen. Yeah. 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 So, those are some of the challenges. And, you know, the, the biggest thing, too, internally is understanding internally who, who I can go to at the right times. You know, I mean, there's certain project managers that I know I have to address or approach differently than another project manager. You know, I mean, my salesmanship, again, is different to PM1 versus PM2 or division manager in, you know, one location versus another. They're different uh, personalities, and so they require separate touches. Um, so that was kind of the challenge, just learning who those people are and learning how to handle them. And I don't say that in a bad way. It's just we're all different, and we all need handled a little bit different. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Did that that's, answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of the, the direction I was going to go in with with my next question as far as, you know, relationships and getting to know people, because as you started on your your introduction comments, you cover a lot of area. You know, you're based in West Virginia, you cover Pennsylvania, Maryland, all the way down to Georgia. And, you know, you, you have a vision. I hear you talk. You have a vision. You have a safety vision and a workforce uh, production vision that you guys expect and you have goals that you expect from your workers. But there's different areas of the countries you're working, you know, different different work ethics, different uh, personalities, different cultures, whatever. Can you maybe touch on, on those challenges as far as, as as far as your HR side, your workforce side? Yeah, um, it, it's very different. You know, as we travel to these various locations, we rely heavily on local workforce. So that local for workforce is not our workforce. And I say that by saying they haven't been with us. They're not loyal to Calcruth. They're just being picked up off the bench, for lack of better words, and they're collecting a paycheck. Um, so that's very difficult. I mean, it's not easy. Um, I do really enjoy getting out on job sites. I have a, a, a superintendent by the name of Brian Covington, and he's sort of my go-to. Um, I get out on job sites all over the country with him, and I love going with him because, one, um, you know, he's an instant source of credibility. So if people see me with him, they say, okay, you know, he's here with the right person. He's not here with another executive. He's not here with the PM. You know, he's here with Brian, who's a, cover, uh, a, a superintendent. And Brian's a down-in-the-weeds guy. I mean, he's looking at quality. He's looking at safety. Um, so I travel with him a little bit. But once you get there, you know, I'm trying to learn about the job too. You know, I'm, there's nothing more than going up on a roof and, and learning what kind of system that is. I'm not a roofing guy. I mean, I've slowly become that in my last six years. But I don't know what kind of systems do what and, you know, what screw is used for what. I mean, I'm constantly asking questions because I just think it's that intriguing. But to work on the, the, the workforce and all these locales is difficult. And I, and I couldn't do it without the team around me. You know, I mean, that's just the bottom line. And um, the other thing that I'll say that's really, really helped is my, my role and relationships within some of these national organizations. And that takes me to TALK, which is the Association for Union Constructors. 
had it not been for my involvement with that, you know, I wouldn't have the relationships with these business managers and local people. You know, I've had access to international vice presidents um, on the building trade side, but they're invaluable. You know, I know that I can call one of them and they can put me in touch with a, a local um, person or give me a name. That makes it a lot easier if I have a problem with an individual. I, I could say, hey, you know, Jimmy, you know, whoever gave me your name from the international. And again, it builds that instant credibility, right? I, I mean, I hate to be a name dropper, but unfortunately, you got to do it sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So without that involvement, you know, I don't know that we would be as successful as an organization. And I, I probably wouldn't be nearly as successful within my role. Um, plus, we just got a lot of internal, great internal people. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I say about CalCruz is our unspoken mantra is people and profitability, right? I mean, you can't have one without the other. If I don't have good people, you're not profitable. You know, if you're not profitable, mm -hmm. you can't have big people, good people, because yeah. it just costs money to yeah. get good people. So it's the chicken and the egg thing. But um, and I don't do it alone. Um, you know, my success is certainly contingent on the people around me. Yeah. Very humble as a leader as well. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Seth, you know, you mentioned some of the associations that you're involved with. And, and can you talk? I, I, I like that what you just said in, in terms of the relationships are so valuable. Can, can you talk a little bit about how, like for listeners that are out there, whether they're, you know, in the field, in the office, even in the you know architectural side, the design side, the pre-construction, all those things. Can you talk just a little bit about how that, how those relationships have really proven valuable for you and, and as a whole and how that can help the industry moving forward? Yeah. Um, you know, so one of the things that our, our president and John Calcruth, and I'll say that he's a, he's a mentor or, you know, he's been a mentor to me. Um, but one of the things that he challenged me when I first came to Calcris is he just said, Seth, you need to get engaged. You got to get engaged. And I had no idea what he was even talking about. So, you know, every email that he would get concerning the construction industry, the roofing world, he would forward to me and he's blown up my mailbox and he's, Hey, did you read this? Did you get signed up for this? And so then he's starting to introduce me into different associations. And I'm like, ha, you know, all this stuff is great, but it's not pertaining to my job. I got a lot of stuff I got to do day to day to keep up with. And so finally, you start to you start to believe, right? You start to get engaged in some of these things, and it makes a huge difference. You know, uh, today I'm on various boards and serve different roles within different organizations, but without those, I wouldn't be effective at all. I mean, you know, today I sit on the board of Talk. I also sit on the board for um, what's called the National Building Enclosure, which is a national agreement between the Sheet Metal Union and uh, architectural metal contractors and so without those relationships without knowing the intricacies of the industry I, I wouldn't be i wouldn't be able to do much within my role i mean knowing people is great knowing process and procedure is great but without knowing having the context behind it you can't do anything so those relationships are invaluable but you only do that by, by being getting engaged you know I, i've sacrificed a lot of time to be a part of some of these associations which um really give me no value, at least in terms of job performance to CalCruz, directly, I should say, um, but they've helped me extremely. I mean, it's just an intangible asset that you just cannot put a measuring stick on. So I, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but I, again, I think that the key for anybody in the industry is just get engaged. Getting in, I mean, 
the other thing I guess I'll say is you start to understand where those connection points are, right? Like we're all connected somehow. I yeah. might know a person that works out of Detroit for Barton Mallow. And if I need something from someone who works in Barton Mallow out of DC, hey, Todd Dunnitz, I know you're out of Detroit, but who do I need to talk to in DC? You know, we're just all interconnected. And that's the construction world, at least, uh, you know, the union construction world is so small. It's, it's kind of scary. You know, because you start talking to one person, oh, yeah, I know him or yeah, I had some dealings with him. I mean, it yeah. just all comes full circle. And if you can get engaged, um, I'm telling you right now, it'll make your life a lot easier. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's nice, too, because with, with, with you know, engage, and you talk about engagement. You know, I, I worked with John, obviously, on the, uh, as a co-host of the Building PA podcast. But, you know, John's really good at engaging people as well. And and bringing people together through the KCA and, you know, looking at ways that can really be valuable. And I think, Seth, that's one of the things that you bring to the table, too, is your, is your leadership style and the culture that you're talking about. And again, that ties into the KCA because I know that the KCA is talking about culture as well. Um, and, you know, shameless plug for the Keystone Contractor magazine. We just submitted an, an issue that was all about culture, you know, so it. I love that all of these things are coming together, intertwined and, and building off of things that are engaging for the, for the industry. So yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. You know, this has been a fantastic discussion and I, I am certain that we will have you back on and talking about leadership style and culture and all those other things in the future. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me. Hopefully that, shed a little light into what I do every day and uh, maybe what some people can do to um, help themselves advance themselves and be uh, just bring a little bit more value added to, to the organization they're working with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Chris stated it well. Thank you, Chris, for your comments about KCA and, and Seth, you expressed it well about getting involved. I mean, I try and engage members because if you have an issue, odds are someone else has that same issue, you know, within the membership. So it's, it's good to get like-minded professionals together and hash out the issue and figure out the best solu uh, best solution moving forward. So, mm -hmm. yep. yeah. Well, Seth, thank you, and I'm, again, I'm certain we're going to have you back on the Building PA podcast in the future. Thank okay. you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Seth. Take care. Thank you for joining the Building PA podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.